I don't know. I can't screw this up. Ready? In this, no, I was going to say special episode because that, that doesn't well, it is work. A special episode. Well, it is special. I'm yeah. here. But hey, yeah. There's no episode number. It's special. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. In this episode of the Fool Nerd Threadripper three thousand Ryzen thirty nine fifty X and Robert Halleck of AMD in the house. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the special episode of The Full Nerd. This is your host, Gordon Ung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hey, Internet. And to the left, of course, is none other than AMD Robert or Robert Halleck, head of technical marketing for CPUs at AMD. That's right. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And Adam Patrick Murray in control of the vertical and horizontal. Robert, it is great to have you back. We have a lot of people in the chat uh, excited to ask you all these burning questions about all the CPUs you have. Yeah, we got uh, a lot going on. Yeah. A lot going yeah. on. But hey, good to be back. Appreciate the time as always. And uh, we'll do what we can to answer those questions. And we have a special treat for you. Um, even though Sophia's sitting here, it's going to make her, her face sour. And Marissa, they're going to like, Robert has authorized us to show off the first public unboxing. That's right. Of her Threadripper 3000. That's right. Uh, uh, world that? exclusive. World exclusive. PC world. Right here. Right here. We got it right here. Under yep. The- yep. Oh, oh, there it is. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Red Ripper, Red Ripper three thousand, folks. Yeah, it's yep. actually that mm-hmm. big. You will actually need, That's I right. think, a ten thousand foot square house to fit this into because the motherboard's pretty big too. Well, we did say there was a new socket. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, know, wait, nobody's so seen this, it yet. So, so this won't work with my old motherboard. No, no. Uh, how no, could, an how could you? There's an adapter. Oh, there's this, an adapter. This okay. is the new E E E E ATX form factor. <laughs> <laughs> For audio listeners, uh, this is a very large version of Thread Ripper. It's kind uh, of like the size of a small child. Yeah, Gordon, do you want to? You want to tell the story real quick? Of uh, this how is, did this come to be? Jim Anderson actually brought this by. Oh, did he? Um, okay. And it was uh, when we did a Threadripper unboxing, and hmm. he left it behind. But I honestly, I, I we were going to use it on the set. We said we'd put it on the set, but I'm going to return it to him because okay. I, I think it was actually a gift to him by the by the staff, clearly <laughs> as a gag. But then so when ridiculous. I I actually assumed, it was like, oh, this must be the depressed Chotsky thing. And so he was so polite. He's like, oh yeah, you can have it, Gordon. I was like, oh, I feel so bad. But so now now it lives on our set permanently. Uh, you know, un- until we can give it back. So there's Velcro on the back. Where does it? normally see. I think they it, must it came have, that way so. oh it came that way yeah. so it must have been Ooh. on a wall he must have had you, it on his wall you mean cool. the next gen thermal solution next gen thermal which is, oh, what's really cool oh yeah this I watched gamers nexus this is actually the correct way you apply uh, thermal <laughs> thermal paste <laughs> that's right no this is the back look they even did the back of this it's, yeah it's, it's really well it's, done I'm kind yeah. Of uh, yeah, keep keep it on the table. Yeah, we'll just keep it's, that bad boy. Yeah, right there. It's like a, it's right like a birthday there. cake for for Thriller three thousand, which is the star of today. Although there's a lot of news, but there's a lot of news. I'm going to hit you with a hard question first, Robert, because this I think is going to be on a lot of people's minds. All right. Um, I saw a story last night. Threadripper 32 core going to be twelve hundred dollars. Placeholder saw it on WCCF Tech. Today price comes out two thousand dollars. That's right. Socket. Incompatible previous socket. Mm-hmm. Is AMD now Intel? You're leaving behind the old socket, new price, higher price. A, Can you a, justify it? It's a multi-level question. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll start with the new socket because that's the easiest way to take it. Um, you know, w- what we want to do with Threadripper is always build the best, fastest processor we can make. And 
that this time that means a new socket. We have some scalability ambitions in that socket that the old socket couldn't support. Um, and you know, people can read into whatever they want from that and it will be clear in time. You'll, I promise you that, but, um, there are things we want to do with Threadripper as a brand, as a platform that we couldn't accomplish with the old socket more practically this time around, uh, there's more bandwidth between the CPU and the chipset. We've quadrupled it. So we, last year we were at four lanes of Gen 3, and this year we're at eight lanes of PCI Express Gen 4. And so just running more data between the CPU socket and the chipset requires a different pinout. And um, that's what we had to do to advance the platform and make it faster. Now, on, on the pricing side, um, and we'll talk about performance later, these are processors that reliably are 50 80 100 percent faster than anything else on the market period for desktop users so i i think from a performance per dollar perspective it, it's not out of line with what the rest of the market offers and you know we do care about giving users a good value and value is relative you know we're not saying that a two thousand dollar cpu is inexpensive but it is a good value and um you know, I think more will come out about that over the next month, but I, I think it's the right thing to do for this product because it is hands down the best every you, time. And you did need PCIe four. You felt you had to have PCIe four. Of course. Well, I mean, we we always want Threadripper to be like a, a superset of what Ryzen is. So when we brought PCI Express Gen four to third gen Ryzen, uh, it was a no brainer to, of course, bring that into Threadripper as well. So. You know, it's it's a supersized version of third gen Ryzen. It has the same technologies, same process tech, uh, you know, same architecture, just a lot more of it. A lot more. You can see it on the table. You see it on the table. <laughs> it is physically so much more. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for people who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, there are two parts, 32 core, 3970X, That's right. 2000 bucks, and uh, $1,400 for the 3960X. That's right, 24, 24 cores. Mm -hmm. And there are no lower end parts. That's correct. Yeah, people in chat are, are asking why why no 12 core, 16 core, what, what's going on? That's a good question. Um what we want to do is make high core counts more accessible to people. And as we go deeper into the show today, we'll talk about the Ryzen 9 3950X. But, you know, now we have 16 cores in a mainstream socket, socket AM4, um, at a price that's substantially lower than at any other point in history for that kind of core count. And, and so if that's what the mainstream socket can do now, 16 cores... Threadripper always has to stay ahead of that, right? We can't have two processors with the same core count in, diff in the different sockets. That just doesn't make sense. So we. I remember. I remember when you and uh, Scott were on here last time. Mm. You guys, I think, I believe, talked about the the first gen Threadripper had an eight core version did. that matched the same as Ryzen, and you guys said it didn't sell as much as y'all were hoping for. I no, think, right? what we found is that people are kind of attracted in two different directions in the market. Either they want the absolute best that they can possibly buy, and they jump to the top of the stack, or uh, they're attracted to the best value in the stack, wherever that is, and they snap to that. So, you know, when we consider what products we want to bring to market, we have to take those buying behaviors into account, and the structure of our stack reflects that. So, realistically speaking, you know, Ryzen 9 3950X takes the place of that that 16-core Threadripper, and it offers 
a lot more performance than last year's 16 core Threadripper. So, you know, I, I, I think there are arguments to be made for and against that, that strategy, but we'll see what happens. Nobody else is doing what we're doing. It's a little crazy, though. That your, <laughs> your low-end part is now a 24-core CPU yeah, for sure. this platform. Well, and the other thing, too, is what we find that in our performance testing is that our 16-core in a mainstream socket is often very competitive versus the other guys. 18-core <laughs> CPU, right? So if, if AMD's mainstream socket is challenging an HEDT socket, in performance and certainly winning on price, then our HEDT socket has to be that much better. And that's what people will find when they try third gen Threadripper. So, I mean, you're, you know, we haven't seen uh, a 1090 XE, you know, the Core i9 uh, sure. Cascade Lake X part. I'm, I suspect you haven't yet either, but you're comfortable saying 30, well, you're comfortable saying your smaller socket 16 core part will compete. It's basically they're. Best HEDT part will go against your normal desktop part. I, I think you would find very often that our 16-core part competes very well against those 18-core solutions for the kind of workloads that you would be using those core counts in. And when you flip to the gaming side, it's it's a newer microarchitecture and therefore faster at gaming. So you don't lose. You can't lose with that option. So, I mean, I just want to keep it on because I, I definitely want to talk about 3950X as well. But for Threadripper, it really, it feels like, I didn't realize it till last night when I was kind of like counting the numbers up. But it, it feels like there's no competition for Threadripper, essentially. You sort of have that Xeon 28-core part, but that's even priced up sure, higher than it. But $4,500. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. Like you, you sort of have nowhere at the HEDT that you're they have competition now. To Almost. put it simply, yes. Uh, uh, look, <laughs> you know, we released a sample of performance today on third gen Threadripper. A couple of compiling workloads, um, some video encoding, some rendering tasks, and I'll just say that we're very, very confident that the performance numbers coming out of that product that we showed today are representative of kind of any workload coming out of that product. Um, and, we, and I take this very personally because this is one of the things that I do at, at AMD is pick these benchmarks that we publish. So I'm not going to put out a view of the product that, doesn't, that isn't consistent with the entire spectrum. So yes, it is true that there is no other product in the market that is anywhere close in performance to these products. Like you'll see that testing for yourself but I'm I'm 100% confident in that. Uh, we do have a question uh, about the benchmark stuff. Lou Crotius? I don't know. It's the name on YouTube. I, yeah, it starts with L. Uh, can you clarify the game benchmark FPS is average FPS, not max FPS? Oh, it's average. Max FPS would be a ridiculous metric. Uh, I saw some uh, chatter about that on Twitter today, and uh, it's off base. Those are average frame rates. Okay. So, you know, when, go ahead. Sorry, bro. I just said good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer, right? Like, why would yeah. anybody who cares about data and the integrity of that data publish max FPS? That doesn't yeah. help anyone. It hit, it hit $500 between z- 500 frames per second between scenes. That helps nobody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody cares. Yeah, that'd be... That would, that would last... 
the return on investment on advertising, Max, would be very short. Very short, yes. So the day they come out, that would be like... Uh, the oh. internet would riot, and uh, <laughs> it would be a disaster. So so for 32 Core Part, I mean, I, I love 29, 2990WX. It was awesome to get 32 cores mm-hmm. at that price, at all, that, all those cores. But um, are we seeing for consumer applications, are we seeing any movement from, you know apps that consumers use that would actually use all those cores? Uh, I think you're beginning to... I'll acknowledge up front that for the general everyday consumer who buys a processor, probably not a Threadripper customer. Let's just be (laughs) honest about that. But there are industries out there, people out there who definitely benefit from this. Um, Software developers compiling, we're seeing like 30, 40, 50% speed up gen over gen with this product and software compiling. Um, you know, some of the performance figures we released today were uh, Chromium compile times, Unreal Engine compile times. Um, and, you know, we think those are very representative uh, workloads that someone might take on, even at home, right? It's easy to download the source code and compile it yourself. Um, certainly Hollywood has sort of this endless appetite for core counts and... You know, Threadripper has been used to help make a movie. I'll just leave it at that for now. Um, and we're very proud of that. So, look, I think HEDT, the story of HEDT has always been, you know it when you need it, and the performance appetite is boundless. Yeah, no, I, I certainly can't blame AMD here because uh, HEDT has always been sort of crazy. Yeah. Back in the day when you had six cores, most people... sure. 90% of apps couldn't use it either. But, I mean, it's very impressive. I, just for people to know, Robert mentioned earlier, um, Chromium, the 24-core is 31% faster than an 18-core 9980XE. The AMD number is not verified by us, but, you know, I can imagine they're true. 32-core, 43%. Uh, a unit, uh, Unreal Engine compile, 31% for the 24-core, 36% for the 32-core, just so people know. Premiere, which is Quite as interesting, um, isn't it? Though, yeah, isn't it? So, eighteen core, uh, ninety nine eighty XE versus uh, twenty four core. The twenty four core Threadripper three thousand is twenty two percent. The thirty two core is forty seven percent. And then uh, V Ray Chaos Groups V Ray twenty four percent for the twenty four core, forty nine percent for the. I'm getting all these double digit numbers for forty nine percent for the thirty two core and for Cinebench fifty four and ninety percent. Ninety percent. Look, again, I want to emphasize that these numbers are highly representative of of the workloads that you, you will see on this product. Like When, when reviews come out, um, we've analyzed 60-plus content creation workloads uh, on this product, and all of them tell a story very much like this. We're a high double-digit performance leadership for this product. It's untouchable. There's, there's nothing else like it. Uh, it's it's double digits and single threaded, double digits and multi threaded. There's no compromises here, so it's kind of a killer product. Uh, the other thing I, I should mention because I didn't mention the specs earlier, but the 3960x 24 core, 3.8 gigahertz base, yep, 4.5 gigahertz boost. The 32 core, 3.7 base, 4.5 gigahertz boost. Those are really impressive base clocks. Yes, they are. And then you know I'm wondering, is AMD based clock like Intel based clock? Theirs is like, oh, worst case scenario, you hit the base. But yours is like, it's always, no matter what, it's going to be 
Um, Minimum, right? It's well, ours is the guaranteed floor, but the, sure. the you know the all core boost is going to vary from workload to workload. But my experience with all Ryzen products and all Threadripper products to date is that the average all core boost that someone experiences is much higher than that number. Um, obviously, I'm not going to get into what third gen Threadripper does, but um, you know, consistently our all core boost figures are much more optimistic than that guaranteed base. Okay. I mean, and and just to point out, which has been said by a lot of people so far, but I think Cascade Lake, did I mention this earlier? I may have lost my mind already. Oh, say it again. The base, the base clock of their new 18 core part is the same as your base clock. So it doesn't. Yeah. And that's 24 cores. That's mm-hmm. more cores. That's right. Wow. Uh, and we got a lot of people in chat asking about uh, TDP. Can you tell us anything about the uh, power consumption? Sure. 280 watts, 280. So it's slightly higher than the 2970WX last year, 2990WX, but um, same bolt pattern on the motherboard, same keep-out pattern around the socket, so you can reuse the same coolers and stuff. Um, You know, that's what it took for us to drive that performance up, a couple extra watts TDP, but I think it's worth it with the kind of performance we're bringing home. And the new platform, for people who don't know, is called the TRX40. So that's the chipset itself? That's the chipset. Or mm-hmm. should we call the whole platform? I guess the, it's the, It's yeah. all the same. You can call it the TRX40 platform. But yeah, that's the chipset, TRX40. Um, big difference is it's all PCI Gen 4 versus last year. And together with the CPU, we're actually able to deliver more usable PCI Express lanes to people. So I think last year... There was like 56 or 60 usable, actually usable lanes, and this year it's 72 between the motherboard and, and the, the processor, and they're all Gen 4. They all run at full speed, so 64 of those in total come from the processor, and another 24, so that's the 88 total, come from the chipset. And, so, and, and that's kind of what, that's platform total. So. Platform total. Some people say like, well, that's not fair because those are in the, the chipset well that... it's not fair if you have a tiny little lane that connects your chipset to your cpu like some companies do but we have an eight wide gen 4 link running to our chipset so that's 16 gigabytes a second of bandwidth that's enough to run two gen 4 nvme drives at full speed off the chipset you know what i'm wondering is because um well first question are we seeing movement with pcie 4 peripherals because outside of radeon that's the only pcie 4 sure device i know of so uh, far you know i i think these these adoptions are always um slow i'll, I'll just say they're okay. slow on purpose uh, they're yeah, slow and sure. and it's because people you know they're they want to wait and see and uh there there takes time to bring out workloads that realize the performance benefit but in this space threadripper space you know these are people working with multi-gigabyte um you know, 8K raw footage, for example, and a lot of them are doing load and read and write at the same time. So they're using two NVMe disks simultaneously. And so we actually are seeing uh, a big performance benefit on the storage side for the kind of customers who use a Threadripper CPU. Okay. And earlier I misspoke because there's a Fizon SSD that's, that's PCI4, right. and that's I think right. Samsung has announced a PCI4. There's a definitely a lot of storage people are excited for it. That's right. Uh, but I'm wondering if motherboard vendors are going well. We know that uh, a lot of PCI4 hardware isn't out yet. Can they take, you know, a um, can they take some of the by four and just basically build by three only slots to? 
Uh, yeah, it's possible. So if you have a Gen 4 slot of any kind, it needs uh, what are called retimers and redrivers, which help sustain the signal at, at that kind of speed Gen 4 demands. And if they don't put the redriver or retimer on the board, then it becomes a, a Gen 3 slot. Um, but we haven't seen that really on any of the Ryzen or Threadripper motherboards. They all run at the full Gen Oh, interesting. Speed. Okay. No, because I'm just thinking it's just an insane amount of PCIe because, I mean, sure. it's 72 doesn't sound like a lot more, but it's really 144 of PCIe 3, right? Which is just Yes, that's right. So, I mean, someone could build a crazy motherboard with. Well, what we're seeing from a lot of the Threadripper motherboards is that they have four NVMe uh, by four drives, and they're all running at full performance. And then, you know, you have a bunch of by 16 slots for graphics and then all your companion controllers off the chipset. You know, those are running at full performance. So not a lot of things are muxed together or sharing <laughs> bandwidth. And that's really nice from an overall platform flexibility kind of view. Nice. Um can you say that's ludicrous like that's ludicrous that's all i can say <laughs> well you know someone's got to do it and <laughs> and that's us and that's i think threadripper has always been about a crazy number of pci express lanes and that's still true we have more than anybody else you can use more of it simultaneously than anybody else and we have more performance than anybody else so i think it's a, a no-brainer <laughs> Uh, what was I going to ask? Uh, well, while you're thinking of that, uh, we have a couple people in the chat, uh, maybe confused about the um, the max uh, clocks on the uh, the cores. How, how many? So the the two chips can can you say what the the max clocks are? Yeah, the, both products have a max boost of four point five. Four point five. Uh, and and how many cores is that? We'll just have to wait and see. Okay. People yeah. want to know. Uh, I know. I know. And know. Why, why is it lower than some other chips like the 3950X? Well, when you start going to a core count of that size, you know, 24, 32 cores, you, you do have to keep the thermals kind of reasonable. And a major lever there is, is, core, or is frequency. And, that, and that's frequency is directly related to power, which is directly related to heat. So, um, Frequencies have to come down a bit, but we're still talking single thread performance on these parts that's in the class of a Ryzen 7 3800X or any of these other chips that people buy for dedicated gaming machines. So wow, not much compromise there. With the ability for just buttloads more CPU. That's right. Oh, so I do want to ask, you know, uh, there was a big to-do when original uh, Ryzen 3000 boards came out. Most of them had fans on the, the, um, the South Bridges. Are, is there also going to be a requirement of Southbridge in the uh, th- most of the Thread or TRX four boards? That's correct. Uh, they they all have fans. You know, we've got even more lanes now running simultaneously, so the thermal uh, the TDP goes up a little bit. I forget the exact number, but yeah, they all have fans as well. Okay, and I I just want to be clear about that. Yeah, the TDP's gone up, so yeah. they they could you could build fanless, but you could it would take a lot of metal. That's which right. We saw on some of those boards. Um, uh, I do want to ask about memory. So, okay. quad channel. Quad channel. Is that not enough for 32 cores? Are you, AMD is still pretty comfortable with that. So, what we have found in many of the workloads that this kind of customer would run, it's, it's not channel limited, it's capacity limited. Like, software compiling really loves two gigabytes per logical core. For example, so you know our benchmarks had 64 gigs of RAM for software compiling. They could those numbers could be higher, 
if we had configured that system with 128 or 256. Um, but capacity is, is kind of the big deal that we see. Uh, we also, in talking with one of our studio partners out in Hollywood, they said most of their artists, um, again, capacity conversation, the ones doing dust, explosions, particles, they wanted 128 minimum. Some of their artists have 256. So for them, it wasn't a bandwidth concern. It's an overall capacity concern. Okay. And the layoffs would be similar. Um, eight slots, quad channel. That's right. Max is... We'll see. <laughs> Can I'll we say, talk about Max uh, on previous parts? Was one gig on previous? Uh, I mean, when, well, there, there's when, the, the virtual limit, you know, how much memory can the platform address hypothetically, but the practical limit just based on dims that you could buy in the market was 128. Okay. On the previous, on the previous, previous. platform. And you're not seeing what this one is. No, no, yeah. But that will come out this month because the product launches on the 25th of November. So, um, but they are, it does, uh, unbuffered dims, unbuffered and DDR4. That's right. Can you say what max clock speeds are yet? No, not gonna say. No, sorry. <laughs> we knew he wasn't gonna say. That. <laughs> he had. We'll, to we'll keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one day the answer will change. <laughs> uh, here's another one he won't answer. I'm gonna ask it. Thirty nine sixty X. Yep. Previous thirty two core. Well, actually, thirty nine seventy X is your new top end thirty two right. core part. The previous one was twenty nine ninety WX. Doesn't that imply that there's something coming maybe? i mean these are the products that we we think are going to be a good fit for the content creation market um look even like this he, he could be on world of poker right now he could be world of poker <laughs> uh, look we we found last year that people overwhelmingly nothing. gravitated to the 16 core or the 32 core model so let's try it again that was successful for us okay okay uh but no so I so why did y'all stick a W in the name last year, but not this year? Um, we, so, I mean, we can get more into this as we can talk about the layout of the chip later in the month, but um, we think that these products are pretty, pretty darn good at gaming all on their own, uh, and then pretty amazing at content creation all on their own. So for us, X is kind of... You know, kind of the gaming brand, I guess. We don't really have a gaming brand on Ryzen, but, uh, you know, for us, X connotes, yeah, this can do gaming too. And that's what this generation of product can do pretty well. It's got the clock speed, the IPC for it. It's got great memory support. You'll see all of that soon, but... Um, <laughs> The gaming performance is pretty darn good. Uh, well, speaking of gaming, uh, Kevin Wise on YouTube is asking, uh, does does this Threadripper need game mode like the previous version? Uh, look, I'll be honest. There's a couple games that just don't handle high core count CPUs terribly well. Um, they were never designed for them. So uh, there's like three of them I can think of. I'm not going to name names. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but, you know, performance is degraded a little bit or and or they don't launch. But in general, of of the fifty plus games we've looked at, it's not any different from a third gen Ryzen part. Okay, so you really don't have to resort to to game mode no. for most of it. Sounds no. like it, it'll still be there for those edge cases, those corner cases. But um, in in general, no, you won't need it. Yeah, you know what's interesting is the original Ryzen thread or parts i found even some of the hdt intel parts would break some games like they well, wouldn't so. certainly that's what we're finding as well right and and this is not an amd unique problem it's it's a a high core count in general hurdle that the industry faces that some of these games were just 
never designed to take CPUs like this into account. You know, they they assume that if it sees a certain core count, those are physical cores, not SMT cores. Other ones are like, if it's higher than 12, forget it. I'm not going to start. You know, and, and these are generally older titles, you know, five plus years old. But, you know, people still play those. So... But the developer is not going to go back sure. and update them either. Yeah, so at least you have an option. To yeah, you play, have an option. Good. Um, uh, uh, Shelly in the chat says, uh, if it doesn't run Max Payne 1, 0 out of 10 would not buy. So, sorry. All right. Lost a customer. <laughs> Good meme. All right. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask about OS. Do you, Are there any further enhancements to come out of scheduler improvements in Windows 10 or anything? Or No need, really. Um you know, with the Windows 10 May 2019 update, which some people may know as 19H1, um, we got fastest core detection and utilization. So Windows will automatically send threads to the fastest cores and rotate through them for, I guess you could call it wear leveling if you want. Um, we also got some topology awareness. We haven't talked much about this, but on products that have mixed memory configurations like the 2990WX and 2970, the Windows Scheduler is now aware uh, of which dies have memory and which don't and prioritizes threading accordingly. So from our perspective, all the work we needed to do is already done. We don't need a Windows update. The Scheduler works as we want it to work. And uh, Microsoft has been a great partner there getting the, the OS updated for third-gen Rise or it's just Zen 2 in general. Um, and yeah, it's kind of set and forget. Do we, um, can we talk about the topology at all? Is there any, no, well, (laughs) you know, what I can say is, um, obviously everybody saw a picture of the processor and there's an, uh, a big one on the table, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, but everybody, you know, if you saw our video today, there was a a delitted view of the CPU, uh, and you can infer what you like. Right. There's one. There's five chips. There's one big five, one in the middle, and four five smaller chips. ones around it. So, um, no, uh, yeah. So you can right. surmise from he there. Can't, he can't say. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and the IO die can't say anything about it either. I, I asked earlier. I'm guessing got to be similar, similar to what we saw with with the small socket Ryzen 12 nanometer. He won't say anything. Or the poker folks. See, <laughs> Hey, look, I, I do want to be clear, though, like, I'm, I'm not being cagey about these topics. These are all things that will become public in time. And, you know, by the by the end of November, all of these questions will be answered because we know they're important to the community and to the reviewer community. So just give us a little bit of time and it will all become clear. Is there a reason that uh, not necessarily just AMD, but any company uh, withholds information like that when you're doing announcements like this? Um. There is sometimes a view that these sort of minor technical details are irrelevant inside baseball. Like, why would anybody need to know this? Because it's irrelevant to the product. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, there is an academic interest in some of these technical specs. Um, Sometimes, uh, you know, this has not been my experience at AMD, but sometimes there is this understanding that you have a competitive advantage in some respect and disclosing that information even if it seems harmless, might actually give your competitor a leg up. Um, and, and, and in those cases, you would hold the information close to your chest. But again, I, I have never really encountered that at AMD. Okay. 
Thank you. Mm-hmm. So also, um, by the way, you can also search on YouTube if you're on YouTube, that platform. You can go over and search for AMD's video. Mm-hmm. There was the, uh, has Lisa and it has Robert and they talk about uh, Threadripper, all the new stuff. But also you visit a studio down there. We Blur do. Studio. That's right. And they did this show, Love, Death, and Ro- uh, Robots. Mm-hmm. It's actually a great show on, on it Netflix. Is actually, I binged yeah. it. It's a really good show. And they made some, I know you probably can't talk about other performance claims, but you publicly have said, they said that they went from, I think, five, minute of, five minutes of response down to five seconds in mm-hmm. one. And another one, he said... 13 hours to five minutes or something like that. Huge, huge differences huge. in their ability to, to make content, to render stuff out. Can you talk any details of that? that- I can a little bit. So uh, Blur Studio, been a great partner of AMD. Uh, they do game cinematics, obviously Love Death Robots, um, VFX for some Hollywood movies. And, um, you know, a, a function of performance for a content creator is not just the raw compute that they have access to, you know, CPU A may be 50% faster than CPU B, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to cut their time in half. It can actually be a much more substantial saving than that because an artist might do something locally at their desk and then send it off to a server for rendering. And depending on how many clients are in line for that server, you might get it back instantly, or you could be waiting 12 hours. So if you can put enough performance at the artist's desk that they don't need to go to that server anymore, hmm. um, that could potentially be hours of time saving. And, it, and it's not because the processor is simply 12 times faster. It's, yeah, it's faster, but you've changed their workflow. And for a lot of the artists that we're talking to, it's the change in workflow that's most important to them. And that's why they like Threadripper at their desk. Can you say what they used before that took so long, or is that too much of their... Probably too much inside baseball. Also, uh, what programmers are they using to, to render? Oh, God, so many. Um, you know, wa- walking through the hallway, I saw um, Maya, Isotropics, Clarice, 3DS Max. There's just a, a large number of okay. of rendering applications, kind of a tool for every job. All the things that love... CPU yeah. thread counts. Yeah, so. and and you know these are when you when you move into the Hollywood domain, everything that they do scales with core count um, by design because that saves time and bringing a Hollywood movie to market um, super super time constrained <laughs> if you if you didn't know and so whatever they can do to minimize the overall time that they're spending and do more design cycles and get a better product, they will do it and they will buy it. So they, uh, hmm. I mean, as much that's why they're so happy because they can get through it up at a sure at a lower cost than they could before. That's right. More compute for the dollar. That's that's the winning formula. Hmm. Uh, Should we? Are we? I'm. I mean, we have a a, you know plenty of in in the weeds questions. So I mean, we can address them now, or or we can wait for the Q and A section. It's you know. Let's, no, do, we, let's do sixteen fifty X or thirty nine fifty X. Yeah, because sure. uh, I don't want to. I don't want to burn all our time on Threadripper as much as I love it. But thirty nine fifty X. Okay. Ryzen nine thirty nine fifty X official part. As we know, long awaited, slightly delayed seven fifty sixteen cores. That's right. AM four socket going to be here. What can we say? November twenty fifth on sale. Oh, on sale. On okay. sale. Mm-hmm. And I got to find my slides on it, but. <clears throat> that part is looking pretty
pretty good. What can you say, Robert? Uh, well, okay, okay. So typically when you get to a, a 16-core CPU, you're typically giving up a little bit of clock speed to hit that core count, but it's the highest clock speed in our stack. So not only do you have the highest single-thread performance, you also have the highest multi-thread performance. You get everything, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you get all that new memory overclocking stuff that we brought into third-gen Ryzen. It's kind of a killer product. I have one sitting on my desk at home. I can't wait to install it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, It's it's a really cool product. It'll definitely... Will it be faster than 3900X as far as freaks and frequencies? Yeah, of course. For the most part. Okay. Yeah. So I, it's so, very interesting. So how, how did you guys manage to get the part with the most cores to have the fastest core clock speeds? The tightest binning. That's it. It's, <laughs> it's all down to binning, right? You, you select the, the very best dies for your very best products, and that's clock speed on the other side. Should, uh, and, of course, binning makes it a little tougher, though. Should we expect any supply constraints at launch, or...? I, I mean, people should I, buy I think it now. Thirty nine fifty X is going to be in, in high demand. We've seen a lot of um, a lot of pent up demand for that, of course, over the last couple of months. But I, I honestly have no inside scoop on the supply. Do you? I mean, you've seen numbers of for ninety nine hundred KS now, so mm. that's public. You have no fears from ninety nine hundred KS for thirty nine fifty X. It's just doesn't it hasn't changed anything for you guys? No, I, I don't think Any it else? changes a whole lot for us. Um, we're we're kind of excited that um you know we're we're pushing our competitor to 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 do more in the market for gamers um and that kind of competitive pressure that we're placing into the market i think is good for for everyone you know the, the innovation is this virtuous cycle and the more people you have participating um the better it is for everybody involved so um but in terms of threat to our portfolio, no, I, I think people are going to be really happy with 3900X and 3950X. It's pretty much just, I I was thinking 3950X feels like you're just, it's your victory lap at this point. Cause kind of is, yeah. <laughs> a 900K KS versus a 3900X was really tough proposition. Really think, close. To, to recommend 900K, right? Yeah. So. This part is like, why even have this part? It's so it's it's well, and and it's true too that I think thirty nine fifty X is going to attract a slightly different kind of customer than maybe the thirty nine hundred X or maybe thirty eight hundred X. You know, here we'll we'll probably see the index swing more towards the content creation side, people doing three D modeling or uh, video encoding work. You know, the, kind of the stuff that prosumers do at home that maybe last year would have been fulfilled by a 2950x threadripper so slightly different kind of customer but still a really great gaming cpu i was gonna read i find, off. It, I find it really interesting i don't have the end notes but i'm scanning through the things here and you there's a graph you guys put out a bunch of expected performance versus the 9900k mm-hmm. which is not the 9900ks and i find it pretty interesting that uh, csgo i mean you don't have actual numbers there but the lines look even for the 3950x and the 9900k especially with the 3950x being clocked so much lower yeah th- so that's a trend that we're seeing oftentimes in in the game you know there is a clock disparity between the 9900k and the 3900x or 3950x but the fact that they are so close says a lot about the instructions per cycle of the zen 2 architecture that it's able to um you know step aside of that that frequency race and prove kind of i'm I'm not going to go out and say frequency means nothing because that's not true but it it means less than many people think 
because you can overcome a lot of that with good cache design, good architecture, fast memory. Um, and that's, that's what Ryzen does, right? It's able to, um, stand, uh, you know, side by side on the, the gold medal part of the pedestal because it has a great architecture. I also find it's interesting that you're comparing it 900K and 9920X, which is, of course, their uh, 2011 sure. B 3 part. If, if, if for the most part, it's just not competitive. Right? Well, so 3950X, I think, also admittedly lives in kind of a bizarre world because there are people who are looking at this product going, well, do I get um, a more traditional mainstream socket or do I step up to an HEDT socket instead? And with 3950X, we uniquely offer something that can kind of stand on both sides of the line. And we're the only ones that offer that. You know, you have a core count and uh, a chip design that's great for gaming. You also have a core count and chip design that's great for all the other stuff that you might use a CPU for. So we we did that comparison here between both HEDT and mainstream because we think that's probably how users are going to buy um, we'll see if we're right, but I, I think that's how it's going to go. And it, uh, mainstream Ryzen still has PCI four, just like Threadripper does. So. Sure, sure. And you know, uh, I, I think there is something to be said for people who just want high core count. And I, I know there are people out there who are like, yeah, but I need quad channel two and more PCI express lanes too. I get it. That's why Threadripper is out there. But I think a lot of people just need compute. And socket AM4 can deliver that really, really well. And then, although I, some of those AM4 boards get pretty pricey, but the, it's you're paying a little less. You're paying, on AM4 yeah. Generally. Well, <laughs> and we talked earlier, we we touched on it, but oftentimes the 3950X competing with an 18 core, not the 9920X, but the 9980XE 18 core in content creation workloads. And if you add up the system cost, it's like thirteen hundred dollars for them and a thousand bucks for us. For you know, same amount of memory, kind of the same class of motherboard, right? Is it is it really worth three hundred extra dollars to get that bigger socket? I don't know. I don't think so. Hey, actually, speaking of which, can you tell us how TRX forty motherboards? Where are you going? Where do you think they may price in at? Similar I will let to- the motherboard vendors tell you that themselves. <laughs> hey, look, to be honest, it's their product, their yeah. pricing. That's not something I can reveal right. for them. But uh, they, well, they won't be cheap, though, I'm sure. To follow up on that, uh, Ramon uh, gave us five Cs with lines in them. Okay. I think that's a Euro. Uh, he said, uh, T-Rex 40, what happened to the other 39 T-Rexes? Um, <laughs> it's a That's joke. a great yeah. joke. I yeah. don't have anything super <laughs> clever to come back with like it's, that. So it's okay. Yeah. You, yeah. you win this round. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, back on the 3950X, uh, we have some people asking about uh, what's the recommended cooling solution that you mm. have for the 3950X. So, uh, 280 mil um, closed loop cooler for 3950X. Uh, we found that a lot of people just buy their own cooler at this end of the market. So, um, just a boxed processor, choose your own cooler. There's a list today on AMD.com of recommended coolers take a look um but i will say in our lab uh, you know some of these higher end air coolers have done a pretty great job too yeah so that's definitely because you don't want to we don't want to incense the air cooling crowd <laughs> well i run an air Noct- cooler meaning small wraith coolers well though. i it's i use a noctua nhd 15s at home i love it 
I'm, I'm an air cooling guy. I just like the simplicity of it. Um, so I, I have no qualms about putting my 3950X under that. Uh, and that is a combination I will be running starting next week. Hmm. Um, but, you know, for in general, water cooler. Uh, and on the motherboard side, uh, Whiskey Omega gave us two pounds. Thank you. Uh, and and is asking the the Aqua X570 and the 3950X. Is that the perfect combo for motherboard? I cannot choose one vendor <laughs> over another. They are all my favorite children. Uh, but that would be a hell of a combo, yeah. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy motherboard. I got to see one in person at Computex. It's something. <laughs> Have you guys... And gals considered uh, bundling a either high end cooler or or a CLC with the CPU as a bundle, or is just it was just too much to deal with. It it's a lot of moving pieces, uh, but but truth is like these these bundles or even soft bundles at retailers, you know, buy these two parts, get a small discount. They actually don't tend to do that well in the market because people say, well, I don't want that cooler. I want this other one that's not included in the bundle. So. Eh. It it sounds like it makes sense, but in practice, it it doesn't really make sense. It, yeah, it just and it just wasn't practical to. It's not practical to rebrand a, a big old cooler. That's right. It's just people have gotten used to it, kind of like there was that like cherry on top with the AMD. But I, I get it. It's just you know we we hear it time and time again. Cool, great, great cooler guys. I put it on eBay. Yeah, in, in this end of the market, so it's like just get just buy what you're gonna buy and make sure it's one of these. Okay. <laughs> I want to I want to hear more about eco mode oh, because yeah. I find that yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. You, oh, why does that exist? Why does that exist? Okay, so I'm really excited about eco mode, um, primarily because I was just carpet bombed by where's my 65 watt 12 core questions on Reddit. So, um, look, we know there's a a lot of appetite out there for lower TDP, higher core counts, um, Plex servers. NAS, like roll your own NASes, um, some routing appliance, like DIY smooth wall boxes, whatever. You know, there's lots of reasons why people want low TDP, high core count. However, um, we've done it in software. Yeah, so Eco Mode, if you not have not heard of it, is we borrowed AMD's configurable TDP technology from mobile, which allows you to clamp the processor to a certain TDP, and we brought it to the desktop. And if you have a 105-watt or 95-watt CPU, you can clamp it to 65-watt TDP. And if it's a 65-watt CPU, you can clamp it to 45 watts. And this is all in software. So it allows us to address those users' needs without necessarily putting together an entirely new product and getting it on shelves and shipping it to market. So we're, I, I think, I hope that it, this makes people really happy. I think the feature is really cool. You get most yeah. of the performance um and like 10c lower temperatures half the power consumption it's pretty cool and it is done all There's, within ryzen master yes it is it is a little button in ryzen master brad you had a question as well yeah i was just wondering uh how far does that extend is it solely for this new part does it extend to last gen parts is it all third gen ryzen it is somebody's all... asking uh threadripper will, will it come to threadripper no it is third gen am4 third gen ryzen okay. am4 I mean, it is a software feature. We can evaluate other use cases, but currently not on the radar. Okay. So I want to be clear about that. Um, does it apply to APUs as well? or 
Uh, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, the 3400G and 3200G, those are 65 watt, if I recall. So those would function as 45 watt APUs. And it really, people really need 12 cores in an HTPC. You I know, guess it's encoding. Uh, encoding, you know, I, I, Plex boxes is the big one I can okay. think of where people are doing transcoding in their home. Um, that's that's the big one. You know, I, I've seen some people um, running eight core embedded chips for routing applications. Um, you know, and hypothetically, you could get a lot more performance out of uh, out of a, a Ryzen based multi core system running at low power. But look, if you build it, they'll come. Um, I think there's going to be all sorts of interesting use cases for eco mode that we haven't even thought about yet. And so I'm interested to see what people do with it. I think it's super clever, actually. I think that's a very clever way of addressing that market. Is it possible it could be backdated to older parts or just not? Uh, Look, I I want to be clear. It is possible, but, you know, that's something we're not exploring right now. We could revisit it later, but it's not something we're looking into at the moment. Buy something new, folks. (laughs) Trying to look at any other follow-up questions i have uh i have a question here on uh, on our full nerd discord uh captain kieran 123 uh is it proper to put the 3950x uh, in a motherboard that has less vrms like 12 rather than 16 phase vrms will it still perform well so behind the scenes if when we're designing a cpu and a motherboard or in a socket we're not just designing the socket and the cpu we're also designing the technical requirements in terms of thermals and power delivery that go around that socket. You know, you have to have a floor. You have to set the floor somewhere. And and so if that motherboard is designed for 95-watt, 105-watt CPUs, that electrical infrastructure group will support 3950X. Now, maybe it would have less overclocking headroom than uh, another more robust motherboard but the stock performance should be equal and and that's by design right we want any 105 watt or 95 watt rated cpu to fit in any corresponding motherboard and do well i hope that answers the question good enough for me all right great if you want to overclock the crap out of it buy a better motherboard that's that's it right it's the better <laughs> motherboards um you know with more phases that's that's where you start getting into overclocking headroom uh, speaking of overclocking, somebody asked earlier, oh man, I don't know if I can find it. Uh, somebody was asking if you can turn off half the cores and overclock the other half for better gaming. Um, yep. Yeah. In the BIOS, you could turn off a, an entire die if you wanted. Um, I haven't done this myself. I don't know the results experimentally, but yeah, you could. Okay. One other thing I, I do want to bring up uh, about the 3950X, especially, is uh, power efficiency. Um, and it, it flipped to the flipped to that slide real quick. And just just read the number on the right side, please. Uh, 173 watts, absolute wall power, running Cinebench R20, mm-hmm. uh, multi-threaded, 173 watts for 3950X. Mm-hmm. 205 watts for 9900K and uh, 304 watts for 9920X. So I have 50 to 100% more CPU cores sitting in the socket, and I'm using less power than either of them for more performance. And um, that kind of performance per watt is remarkable 
it's uncontested in the industry and AMD is delivering that, right? So it's not just more performance, more single thread, more multi-thread, it's better power efficiency too. So it's it's all together in one product with a 3950X. It's a great story. 2.34X. Right. right? And, performance and, per watt. And some companies will say, well, performance per watt, yeah, well, it's just because it's more raw performance, not necessarily lower power. There's lots of ways to tinker with the performance per watt number. So having the absolute wall power on there, I think really drives it home. This is pretty easy, isn't it, Robert? <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. Like my personal rig, I'm running a high-end motherboard, first-gen Ryzen. Okay. Since third-gen is so power efficient, you know, checking everything like we were just talking about, theoretically, I should be able to drop a 16-core 3950X into this motherboard. Uh, yes, if you have the latest uh, Gizos from AMD, yeah, it's dropping ready. All right. I like the sound of that. Yeah. So, you know, there are X370 motherboards built in 2017 that here at the end of 2019 can go from eight cores to a three generation later, 16 core. Only with us. Wow. Yeah. There's nothing hard. There's just nothing. It's just, this is pretty easy. (laughs) There's got to be something. Somebody say something negative. Somebody come up with a negative question here because it's just will there be easy. availability? Uh, Can people well, actually buy these at the yes. time? Well, like that's, said, that's a lot of people are asking. I'm that. lining up at Micro Center right now. <laughs> Supply my clone out there. is something I'm not privy to at AMD. I, I couldn't even answer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, that's the only negative thing people are asking. <laughs> do you feel bad? I mean, is there a certain point you where you bad? feel bad for the competition? No. <laughs> no. Uh, but but. But again, this this competitive pressure that AMD is bringing to the market, it's it is good for everyone. It inspires competition, and when the market is competitive, at the end of the day, it's users who win. You're a user. I'm a user. Brad's a user. Like we all, at the end of the day, have a better PC enthusiast experience. And right. if we all take off our company hats and our journalist hats, like we want PCs to be cool and fun and powerful and get better for the money. That's what we're trying to do. Right. Competition's awesome. Competition's awesome. Right. And and hopefully now that basically, you know, core counts have been democratized, developers will come mm-hmm. along and start to use them more. I mean, there's all kinds of things that it builds over. It's good for the entire ecosystem. It is good for the entire ecosystem. But, you know, the thing that I love about third gen Ryzen is, yes, we have lots of cores, but that one core is still really fast. So it doesn't really matter. There's... There isn't a trade-off here. Do you think, because, I mean, clearly the, the pricing change, uh, Intel cut its prices in half. Do you think they're sort of in a good, in a spot that makes them safe for 10980? Because, you know, 18 cores, well, on a big socket for 1000 bucks. Sure. Uh, pretty well, good. I mean, it's sort of like, does it really fight with 3950X that much? Because you get more memory capacity. And then, you know, third upper, they can't really touch. So they're not really worried about the overlap there. Uh, yeah, I would say um, certainly my competitor has made lots of product introductions and, and price adjustments recently. And I, I personally believe that's a direct result of the types of products that AMD is bringing into the market. I see some nodding heads, so that's good. No, I'm no, no. Crazy. It's perfect. Correct. Uh, Coincidence. Um, <laughs> and and i think the experiment that we're running with the 3950x at 16 core and the 3960x at 24 core um is an interesting one because their hedt processor kind of falls in this no man's land you know it's it's under threat from below 
with socket AM4, and it's uh, <laughs> blown away from above <laughs> mm-hmm. by third-gen Threadripper. So what what is the value prop of that product? Why would someone buy it? It's difficult to answer that question. So I, I think wherever you sit on the spectrum, AMD is offering a, a more competitive, better positioned product in 2019. Um, and that is by design, but uh, it's it's nice to see. Yeah, it's a tough spot, and, and it does feel like it's the only place they could be, though, with that with those those core counts and prices. Yeah, we're well, we're the only ones currently bringing new architectures into the market, so. <laughs> I find it interesting that they did not launch a 16-core part to go head-to-head with the 3950X. Why do you think that is, Brad? I haven't tested any of them yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's here's a negative comment. Uh, he right. says, uh, well, there's there's no offering from AMD between $750 and $1,300. Why, why leave that gap? That's a great question. Um, so what you'll see in the market is that second-gen Threadripper is going to continue forward. We're still making them. And that is because their performance is still competitive, highly competitive, often winning uh, against my competitors' HEDT solutions. So what's happening is their HEDT is here, second gen is here, and third gen's up here, right? And and so there's that that gap gets filled by second gen in the market. Hmm. Are they going to stick to the same prices, or are they going to be a price discount? Uh, you'll see retail prices, you know, on shelf prices. Um, very very attractive they're already pretty attractive they are aren't they although i i don't know how much a 2990 wx can go low but i I don't know i haven't looked in a while (laughs) uh should we move on to athlon or you got some? Do we we're going to do all the questions? At the I, end? Yeah, I mean, we got we got a lot of we random questions. But oh, go go Let's for go your athlon stuff. Actually, you know what? Actually, I do have a question. I don't know if you can answer it, but um, previously, last time I hear you talk about the best memory for previous for the other sure. parts. Same rules apply here. Same rules apply. Same three, memory controllers, yes. just two of them instead of one. So okay, same guidance. Got it. Uh, Athlon, what, what's going on with Athlon? Athlon yeah. G, yeah, it's not. It's not all about two thousand dollars CPUs and seven hundred fifty dollars. AMD's also got an answer for those in the cheap seats. Yeah, fifty Where's bucks. Elena? Yes. Where's Lena when we need her? Fifty dollars <laughs> for the AMD Athlon three thousand. That's right. Two core, four threads, three point five clock. I guess there's no turbo. It's That's just right. Simply it's just case. clock. Period. Yep. And Radeon Vega three graphics, mm-hmm. thirty five watt TDP for fifty bucks and unlocked. So. It's going to sound crazy, but I really, really love this processor uh, because I have this soft spot in my heart. So back in time, uh, everybody remembers the Athlon XP 1700 Plus, right? That GAI UHB stepping. It was very inexpensive and you can overclock it. And it was just a great value part. Um, that That's my history in building PCs. And so I have a soft spot for these, these entry-level CPUs that can be overclocked. And... Um, you know, fifty bucks unlocked. It's kind of a hard, hard product to beat because, well, there is no other unlocked part under a hundred bucks, as far as I recall. And it's with a cooler too. It's with a cooler. Yep, it's a, a sixty-five watt cooler comes in the box, and it's a thirty-five watt chip. So you've got some overclocking headroom from the factory as well. Uh, insert nice. all the appropriate AMD legal disclaimers about overclocking here, but <laughs> you can totally do it. <laughs> And then for uh, AMD's numbers, about 9% faster versus a Pentium G5400. Yep. Uh, 4% in Premiere. Uh, 85% in PC Mark, but I'm assuming that's accelerated. 
It must be. Uh, yeah, PC Mark has a mix of GPU workloads and pure CPU workloads. And then Lame, 43%, and Cinebench single-threaded, 12% faster than the $73, although it's about 60 bucks for the Pentium yep. G5400. And that's not, oh, I'm sorry, that's overclocked. That's overclocked performance, right. That so, is pretty an overclock. I'm yeah, just, so what people will see today, uh, what we try to do in this slide is just give people sort of... Um, a sense of the spectrum of what this part can do. You've got some single thread stuff. You've got some GPU stuff. You've got some multi-thread stuff. Um, and we hope that that's a, a good palette of, of what an average user might try. Um, and yeah, the, the benefit from overclocking on this thing can be pretty big, right? The yeah. stock performance isn't too shabby either. Yeah, stock is 3.5, and all of the overclock numbers I just read to you are at 3.9. 3.9. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what people can expect? I mean, you got the 3.9, but... Yeah, well, look, publishing an overclock number that a, a, a tiny slice of the market can hit is oh dangerous. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, look, I can't guarantee a fr- an overclock. I can't, but um, I think it's representative. Okay. You know, it's um, to put it another way, it's it's a Zen Zen core. So what you've come to expect from the Zen core makes sense here. Uh, c- a couple quick questions uh, in front of the show. Rusty's asking: uh, Is the sixty-five watt uh, TDP for the Athlon because of the clock speed by chance? The sixty-five watt cooler? No, the TDP on the Athlon. Oh, it's a thirty-five watt. Thirty-five oh, watt. Thirty-five watt. Thirty-five watt processor that we bundle in a 65 watt cooler um, oh. and yeah and the effect of that is that it just allows the fan to be that much quieter for the user out of the box because there's, there's so much headroom between where the cpu is Got and it. what the cooler can do okay i'm sorry i was confused uh oh, and then good. uh drear spider one uh, is the athlon 3000 g a 12 nanometer part no that's a 14 nanometer zen product so it's it's sort of derived from the first gen uh, AMD Ryzen CPUs with graphics. Okay. So it's slightly, it's because other APUs introduced earlier this year were one step back, and this is sort of like one and a half steps. That's I right. Guess. Okay. Yep. So this is Zen. Newer APUs would be Zen Plus. And then there, uh, it's but, got, it's Vega 3, so three CUs. Three CUs. Brad, go so ahead. So I see in Rocket League, you can hit up to 140 frames per second at 720. Do you expect to be able to play most esports titles with the $50 chip? I think that you can, and, and look, I'm not going to say that this is um, a dedicated gaming CPU or anything. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's not, but you know, there are markets where this is what people can afford, and we mm-hmm. want to deliver a good experience regardless of your budget. And I think it's pretty amazing that a $50 CPU can turn out decent frame rates in games that people play. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's 720p. Okay. You know, a lot of the world actually plays on 720p or 960p monitors. Not not everyone has gone to 1080p or higher. So um, I think it's pretty impressive that three CUs can do that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and just so people who are audio listeners, I'm going to read off the numbers. So uh, Pentium uh, G5400, again, about 60 bucks, 77 frames a second in Rocket League. The Athlon 3000 stock, this is not overclocked, uh, 140. And then 35 at, these are 720p, at Fortnite, 35 frames a second for the Pantium, 63 for the Athlon, and then uh, CSGO, 90 for the Pentium G5400, and 150 for the uh, Athlon 3000G. That's that's not bad for 720p. Yeah. You could do a 360 AWP no-scope with that. 
<laughs> nice. And you definitely get more by overclocking the. Uh, of course. Yeah, you can. Uh, that's the other point. It's not just core clock unlocked. It's memory unlocked, graphics unlocked, so you can kind of go nuts. Enjoy. Yeah, and you're not gonna. Well, you know, you're not gonna feel that bad if you if you nuke a fifty dollars CPU if you're. But that's all for. that's a great chip to like get your kids going in PC gaming. To me, like if your kid mm-hmm. was interested in building a computer, hey, fifty dollar chip, you can play some games on it. That's great. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like we see those three hundred fifty, four hundred dollar PC builds out there, and um, that's a tight budget to build a PC. Mm-hmm. So you know, I imagine that a lot of DIYers might might pick this chip to to fill that role, and that's what I hope to see anyway. Yeah, and you know, I, IGP. APUs, they really do fill a really large role in the world. They do. That and, uh, we're, not running. <laughs> we're all surrounded by very yeah. expensive graphics cards back here. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of people only need or can only afford IGP performance. But did uh, did AMD feel that you just had to get down here and compete with Intel on, on some of these lower end parts? No stone or? left unturned. No. Uh, I, you know, we see the attraction to a part in the space. And um, we wanted to have a 3000 branded product sort of at every major price that people play. And so as Threadripper comes into the market, 3000 branded, and Athlon 3000G comes into the market, our, our full vision for what our product portfolio could look like in 2019 is now done. Um, and we have kind of something for everyone. That's what we hope. Cool. I, you know what I want to ask? Uh, I don't know if you can answer. When do you think the public's going to see performance numbers? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell. You know, but, but I can't say it. Uh, I have another question that uh, you probably can't answer. Okay. But uh, R.J. McCready on uh, the Fulner Discord is asking: uh, Is the four thousand series Ryzen going to be AM four? Is it going to be seven nanometer plus five nanometer? Of course, I can't speculate on future AMD products. <laughs> that was an easy one. <laughs> uh, and then Soul uh, Soul Est uh, is asking, what are, you, what are your plans for Linux support going forward? We have a lot of Linux users. Well, I, I think you've seen um, the pace of our kernel con- uh, kernel contributions accelerating, um, and we've been working with some members of the the Linux community um, to advanced sample our products to get their feedback um you know i'm not sure if they want to be named by name so i won't but um making sure that our products run well on alternative os's is important to us and i think we've made a lot of progress over the last few years on that front and that's something we're continuing to focus on okay Uh, a a couple more quick hits uh mogo's asking uh when will you announce b550 chipsets uh, and when will the motherboards uh, built on that chipset be available? Of course, I cannot speculate <laughs> on hypothetical future products. It's just so easy. This makes my job really <laughs> yeah, easy. I know. Just check that one out. Uh, here's here's a good one. Um, it's kind of a two parter. The first part from Rare is uh, will up. Sorry, will upcoming chipset uh, chipsets continue to require active cooling? I honestly don't even know the chipset roadmap from a TDP perspective, so <laughs> I couldn't couldn't tell you. Sorry. Uh, and then uh, Rooker tags onto that. Uh, uh, do we think we'll see actively cooled motherboards with repl- replaceable fans? It's probably a question better posed to the motherboard vendors in, in that we don't actually set the requirement around how that 
that TDP should be cooled. They just you know, have to hit it. To yeah, they just have to specs. hit it. Like we we tell you what the TDP is, and we'll tell you how to manage it. But you know, beyond that, it's it's buyer's choice, and so the motherboard vendors make that call. And some have chosen to go fanless by using sure. beefy, yeah, passive heat sinks. Absolutely. So, as long as you meet the TDP, so that's right. Uh, and then uh, back to Threadripper, Cotigo, uh, Co- Cohido logo uh, is asking how many GPUs will the they handle uh, four with by sixteen lanes? <clears throat> All right, hold on, calculating. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's see, we have a total of fifty six dedicated lanes from the CPU. So if whatever 56 divided by 16 is, math is not my strong suit. <laughs> well, because it's 16, 16, 8 plus 8, right, is how it comes out of the yeah. CPU. But yeah. they're PCIe 4. Right. So, so a vendor could omit lanes. the, the redrivers and run them as Gen 3 if they wanted to and do 10. Yeah. Um, I'll have to go back and look at the specific specific bifurcation map when you start breaking out those lanes and how, how much bandwidth they run. But... Um, you know, even a by eight lane with PCI Gen four is equal yeah. to a Gen three by sixteen. So essentially, you're getting four full full graphics card slots or, or more that could run at full performance for that GPU. Yeah, I guess. And yeah, you're right. It depends on how it, it breaks out. But you yeah. could, in theory, do six at by full by sixteen by three or yeah, Gen three, right? Theoretically, yeah. Uh, another random question uh, from Janak. Uh, is it is eco mode useful for console processors? I mean, that's console processors are custom designed, so that would not be something that I don't think the console market would even pay attention to a feature like eco mode. <laughs> to be honest, okay, yeah, I don't think you'd go into your your game and use your controller and select eco mode. That, that'd be pretty cool, but uh, hey, you know, I just, they're I, just PCs. I'm in the BIOS and my controller. I don't think a console <laughs> user is going to go tinkering around with... <laughs> well, no, there's triangle XX0 to overclock. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. <laughs> Suddenly, eco mode. I got that tattoo on my arm. Hell yeah, man. That's cool. <laughs> uh, Brendan Brine is asking, uh, any plans for persistent memory support like Optane DIMMs in the future? Uh, that's not an area of innovation I work with at AMD, so I couldn't say. Got it. Uh, Flash Photo, friend of the show Flash Photo, uh, why doesn't AMD offer APUs with higher core counts? For us, um, okay, so I hear that question a lot, but, you know, overwhelmingly we see people break into the, I either just need a processor to get me through the day and sort of quad core with graphics is fine, or I need a lot more than that, and I'm going to plug in a discrete so they go for a dedicated CPU. The people who sit in the middle, kind of a small, small audience. So academically, it's interesting, but not something that we actually actually have a need to pursue. Uh, it's interesting. Sorry, I'm going to. I, I want to ask a follow up, but like 9900KS, it's like kind of one of the cool parts is you actually get IGP, which sure. the KF part. I know everybody ran discrete, whatever, but it felt like just, ah, uh, really? I didn't get my, yeah. And for the quick sync, it's actually awesome. This is, would it help if you did a, could you do, would it make sense to do a 12 core with, with graphics or is that just too much of a thermal load at that point? I, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, anything's possible in the future, but <laughs> for now we, we like the strategy that we have. Uh, here's a clarification point from Chris. Uh, what's the memory latency and sweet speed sweet spot for the 3950X? 
Uh, sweet spot guidance is exactly the same as all the other third gen Ryzen parts. So 3600 C16 is going to be a great memory kit. 3200 C14. Um, if you're a manual overclocker, some of these um, eDie based memory kits have a lot of manual overclocking headrooms. You know, I see people take 3200 kits up to, uh, to like 3800 with nice timings. But look, off the shelf, 3600 C16. Very affordable these days. I think that's a sweet spot. And latency is going to be the same as any of the other products. So the reviews will tell you. And when does the divider change? I forget. It's 30. Uh, so automatically, if you go to a memory clock that's 1 megahertz higher than 3600. So if you went to 3601 and up, the divider changes. But you can set it back. And uh, to date, I have not encountered any user who has been unsuccessful at, you know, 3700 or 3800 memory. So there's a lot of uh, overclocking headroom in the Infinity fabric on third-gen Ryzen, and um, a lot of performance to be gained. That's where the magic is on overclocking that part. <laughs> Get the fabric faster. It's easy to do. Um, and for us, that that's that's how you overclock that chip. Okay. Uh, we have a very specific question from Ke oh. Keop901, uh, gave us $5, thank you very much. Uh, will AMD ever have an APU that has 8-core, uh, 16 threads, and RDNA GPU 5700 XT? Yes, they definitely will. It's coming out next month. No, I'm making that up. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, sorry. He's my new no, PR I guy. Can't. No, to be honest, uh, again, I couldn't speculate on future roadmap i know people have a lot of questions on yeah, i'm sorry roadmap yeah. stuff. i know you gotta ask a lot, a lot of questions yeah. i can never it's called the xbox project scarlet yeah <laughs> i can never answer those kind of questions uh, uh maybe maybe this is a, a little bit wider range that you can talk about uh what, what are his amd plans for mobile just going forward I, you know, if you'd asked me last year, I would have been able to talk about that. But this year, I haven't worked on mobile very okay. much. But so publicly, I, oh, okay. I think Lisa said the first half of next year, I think, for mobile. Res or I don't know. Her Maybe word I'm... is better than mine for sure. <laughs> so what I would advise you to do is go into the AMD Investor website and read AMD's 10K filing and investor notes. And if there was anything about upcoming products, it will be in there. <laughs> I would advise you not to do that. <laughs> uh, people will. It's it's very dense, but go nuts. <laughs> but for real, that you know, if if actually, let me take a step back. Um, this is something not many people know. Uh, there is a law in the U.S. called Regulation Fair Disclosure, Reg FD. And it means that if you are a publicly traded company and you have an announcement that materially affects the competitiveness or financials of your company, you have to make a best effort disclosure to announce that to as many people as you possibly can, mm. which typically means press release, widespread media coverage, yada, yada. And, and that is a U.S. law. So you cannot have a representative of a public company come on to one podcast and make a, uh, a material disclosure about what the company does, because that would actually be a federal felony. Uh, and that's not something I feel like toying with. So, <laughs> I mean, but if you were to, this would be a good pos podcast to do yeah, it on, no, right? This would be the yeah, perfect I mean, podcast yeah. to do it. To go to, if, it's a good reason to go to jail. But, but you know, that, that's, the, <laughs> that's the truth behind why you know, public companies and their representatives can never do that kind of forward-looking stuff. Okay. Yep. 
I've, I've a, uh, a fun one from Alejandro. Uh, what about the box for the 3950X? Is it going to be anything special? Ryzen 9 box. Same, like, right as the same as a 3900X. Okay. All right. But I did see the box for the Ryzen Threadripper in the video. I and video cards it's had cool. it, I think, too. But it's really cool. <laughs> He's uh, not salty. I just want to know, like, what more about the box. Here's a little bit more of a personal question. Uh, Bug Lovers Tech is asking, uh, uh, what was your first job at AMD? My first job? Oh, uh, I led marketing for all the high-end Radeon GPUs, and my first product launch was the 6800 series, the Radeon HD 6800 series. Hmm. I got a question. What's your favorite AMD CPU? Favorite AMD CPU. All time in like your warmest hmm. memory. My fondest memory. Because I mean, clearly the new one's always the, the favorite. Okay. So uh, actually, I think it's the first one I ever bought, which was the Athlon 800. I was a young lad doing a paper route to uh, gather money together to upgrade my computer. And I had like a, like a K62 or something at the time. And it was just really, really outdated. Um, cause I couldn't afford an upgrade. And so I saved up all my pennies and finally bought this beautiful socket, a Athlon 800 megahertz, um, put together this great gaming system. And it's just the, the leap in performance from where I was to where I, like, I could not play a, a counter-strike beta one six match or whatever the version was at the time with more than 12 people because I would disconnect trying to load <laughs> load the map and the players so i had to like go to 12 people or less servers <laughs> and so finally i can play these games at at you know full res full speed just a huge upgrade so that was my that's my cpu and that was it was socket a it was socket uh, a it wasn't slot it wasn't no, a slot no. a part. I, I dodged the slots okay those are the days those were interesting times you know my colleague has uh one of the slot a Athlon's still sitting on his desk. You can find one every so often inside AMD. Yeah, I th I actually sent. I had a review model and I sent it back to AMD oh, because, okay. like, it's the person antique. Damon who was at there at oh, the time, Muslim, he was yeah. like, "Yeah, I won for my collection. It belongs in the museum." <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I have a couple more random questions. I like randos. Uh, yeah, That's random. Fun. Uh, Big Mama, friend of the show, is asking: Should AMD offer high TDP options in BIOS for new Threadripper for higher performance without voiding the warranty? That's an interesting question. Says a, a follow-up note: Important for system integrators, they have no problem using Intel's MCE, while they won't use PBO since it voids warranty. PBO interesting auto question. is off, right? Is it? Yeah, PBO is auto off. Um, that's an interesting question. I don't actually know how to answer that one. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting idea. I haven't gone. Take it back to the team. I don't know. We'll think about it. Okay. Um, and then I, I'm probably going to mangle this, uh, but Glenn Az is asking: uh, Do they recommend the custom power plan provided by user one US MUS? If not, why so? And do they know him? Uh, okay, so this is an interesting modern topic: power plans and BIOSes. <laughs> so. Um, there are a couple things that AMD users want to verify on their motherboard in their BIOS. These things should be configured by default, but who knows? Every so often, I find a random user who doesn't have this set up right. First, it's a setting called global C-states. Uh, a C-state is the processor's ability to manage its own power consumption when load is high or low. 
if global C states are turned off in the BIOS, then you have limited the processor's ability to manage its own power states, which also means you don't hit boost, right? So that's thing number one to check. Go look at your global C state setting. Thing number two that I've seen in some early BIOSes for these older motherboards is um, preferred core or fastest core. The, the actual feature is called CPPC2 preferred core. And there's two settings. There's a CPPC setting and a CPPC preferred core setting. Those three settings should be in every BIOS. They're going to be in a different place, so I can't tell you exactly where, but go check on them. Make sure they are enabled because that's AMD official guidance on those features. And lastly, I get this question all the time about AMD cool and quiet. That was um, a feature for AMD FX processors. It's not a feature for Ryzen. For some reason, some of these some of these BIOSes still have that feature. <laughs> I, I don't know what they connect to in terms of actual toggles, but you should probably make sure that it's on because if the vendor has connected it to C states, for example, then if you turn cool and quiet off, you've turned package C states off. And that stinks for power management. Well, why would they have... I don't know. <laughs> Are you... I mean, I would assume like if you buy a top-end motherboard... Everything's just tuned right, defaults ready to go. That has been my experience. Are you finding that a lot of the sort of like the, oh my God, this is motherboard number 15 I have to set up for at the factory, and then you go, ah, we may have... I, I don't know. I don't have a pattern. I don't have a rhyme or reason. But every so often, maybe like once a month, I encounter a user who is having some sort of power management issue, and it's almost always that. And okay, so finally, I can come back to the power plant thing. If you have those BIOS settings correct, as AMD recommends, then you only need the power plant that we give you in our chipset driver. You don't need anything else. And it's not that use miss or one else miss. We, yes, we do know him. We speak to him sometimes. Uh, and I think he's done wonderful things for the AMD community with his RAM overclocking tool. But the truth is, I don't think the power plant does a whole lot. I think it's the BIOS settings that carry most of the load and you know, those are the settings that everybody should have. So his guidance on that, on the bio setting, 100% right. Okay. So preferred cores on, cool and quiet. The appendix of all features should still be on anyway. And also uh, C states. C states. On. Yep. And okay. and I think most of those settings are going to be in a submenu that we call AMD CBS or common bio settings. Every motherboard has this. It's in a different spot. But those should all be accessible from that menu. And uh, that will give you... You know, latest BIOS, have those features, have the chipset driver, install the latest version of Windows. Done. I, I know all motherboard vendors like to have their own unique, you know, style sure. in their BIOSes. But can they come to an agreement about where they play stuff and the names? Because it always sometimes feels like, oh, Asus calls cool and quiet this, and then, you know, MSI calls that, and Gigabyte calls and then it's just like, can we just agree to use well, the same term? It's funny you mention that, because this, this AMD CBS menu that I just referenced, um, we took a big kick at the can on that menu in third-gen Ryzen. Um, it's actually a one-stop shop on all motherboards for memory overclocking, CPU overclocking, power management, boost, you know, kind of anything that's common to third-gen Ryzen all lives in that menu. And um, my, my marketing team at AMD and many of the engineers work together for two or three months to really think about how that menu is laid out, what the options are labeled as, 
what the help text says. Does that help text align with the words and the phrases that people are using in the community? Yes or no? Well, that's that's an easy question to answer. So we, we rewrote and repositioned all of that. And so that menu is common to all boards, and you can actually find features in there that you may not be able to find in other places from the vendor. Um, one example is I saw a review the other day, a video review, saying, well, I can't underclock my CPU any lower than a 22x multiplier because my motherboard doesn't let me do it. But if you go into the AMD CPS menu, you can go all the way down to 8x, 800 megahertz. You can, right? Because we, and that every board would have that. So, should agree. have that. Every motherboard should have it. Does, or does have it? that. Does have that. Okay. And that's in the latest Agisa that's being rolled out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good tip. Good uh, safety tip. I, I have a couple more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Is okay. That, yeah. Um, if, uh, Fragmaster uh, on the Fulner Discord. Uh, if they are still making and pushing second gen Threadripper, I would really like to know if the recent scheduler fixes in Windows addresses Premiere Pro and the handbrake penalties uh, for second gen Threadripper. I'd have to go back and take a look. I'm not sure. Uh, certainly the topology awareness stuff in the scheduler would, would help, um, but I'm going to have to look at the details. All right. Uh, and I don't know if you can necessarily answer this one, but I, I think it's an interesting one. Uh, Bastinez, uh, on the topic of low-res gaming with APUs, Radeon image sharpening seems to be pretty well-received and capable of taking some of the pain out of upscaling games with a low resolution. Will APUs be capable of Radeon image sharpening in the near future? see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that wasn't a good, that was not a good poker hand there. Was, was uh, and then uh, another one, uh, Soul Est. Um, what are your plans for Blender now that AMD is involved? So we really like Blender. Actually, taking a step back, I think you've seen from AMD um, this trajectory of really embracing as much as we can open source software. Uh, the GPU Open website, where we offer all sorts of shader libraries. Um, on the BSD license, you can just download them, use them in your game. You don't even have to credit us. Just enjoy. Um, so Blender is a really cool, powerful 3D tool. It's added a lot of neat features recently, like motion tracking for video. And just like it's a really powerful tool. And and so this, this endorsement or this um, joining the Blender consortium is uh, another step in our us continuing to support the open source community. We want to see that tool grow. We want to see that tool be supported uh, because, A, people already love it, so kind of a no-brainer, but also we think it's you know a nice example of open source at its best. And then th- does that mean you're you're actually participating in writing code and all that? Because I know that well, certainly other companies su- are. We'll make suggestions, sure. Okay. Um, and, and it does permit us some degree of, of, of freedom in, in suggesting those optimizations, right? And... and what you've seen from AMD, our trajectory, is that we, we, we suggest things that help us but don't hurt other people, right? All of our GPU open code, you can inspect it for yourself and see that that's true. So, yeah, we want to make software faster on our <laughs> products, but there's a, a nice way to do that and I think an evil way to do that. Mean way. A mean, mean way. way. Mean way. And um, the nice way makes everybody happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last question I have over here from uh, Kiop901 again. Uh, right. gives $10. Thank you so much. Uh, I think AMD will be the leading market in gaming now and in the future. Uh, do you think game devs will finally focus on utilizing more cores as a standard in the future? 
I think we're beginning to see that. Um, Do you think uh, getting Ryzen into, just to tack onto this question, into the next-gen consoles with so many more cores, do you think that would help accelerate it too? So, you know, the, the, the thing is, game developers usually target consoles first right it's 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 what sells the most number of copies so it's basic economics and as console core counts continue to increase that means um game developers will be increasingly exposed to higher core counts it it becomes um, a business imperative and a financial imperative and a competitive imperative and and so i do think that helps pc gamers that consoles continue to get more powerful and more capable and have higher core counts. Because when those games ultimately land on PC, they were born in an environment that was pretty close to what's on the desktop. And that helps. So I think we're starting to see that trend upwards in core counts, you know, towards six or eight being ideal for a game for maximum smoothness for that, that best 99th percentile frame time. Um, Hopefully that continues to get better, and I think that it will. Nice. I actually do have a couple more uh, funny questions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Messig is uh, is asking, can should we guess how many nanometers that Threadripper chip on the table is? Ooh, I think you might have to switch to microns with this guy. <laughs> That's a, a little big. Uh, and Just then meters. <laughs> the uh, the last question I have uh, is. When when are you going to make more cool Threadripper shirts? Oh. You know, oh, it's, it's funny you really, should really ask. Cool shirts. So uh, <laughs> smuggling weird T-shirts inside your shirt—that's cool. Um, <laughs> oh, we have we have shirt plans. Oh. Yeah, everybody loves shirts. Yeah, yeah I mean, third, that was a great shirt. Third gen Threadripper has a shirt. It does. Just, yeah. Oh, okay. Why did they change back to the uh, original logo? Feels like which original logo? Well, for the you know the second gen. That has the sort of you know more heavy metal. Oh yeah, like a isn't it, it, all of the renders of the the new chip have the sort of original. Sure, they style. do. Uh, not all of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So one of the, one of the oh. things like okay, putting on our our like marketing hat, our marketing marketing hat for a minute. You know, every product has to have its own look and feel, so it can be distinct visually in the market, and. Um, that is coming for third gen Threadripper, and I think it's pretty cool, and I hope other people like it too. But you know, it's a couple weeks away. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, we're so we're waiting for cool T shirts. That's what we're talking uh, about. And Ziv says uh, high thread count shirts. High thread yeah. count. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> specifically about that. That would be funny. What is the highest for? I don't know. If it starts feeling those, like those weird satiny bed sheets, mm-hmm. God, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> too many threads. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that you were the MD. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> somebody's gonna clip that into a seven second yeah. video. That's fine. <laughs> cool, cool. I, I'm I'm good on my end. You're, for, uh, so for we're clearing questions. questions. Yeah, Brad. I don't want to leave anybody behind. Good to go. All right. Wow, this is good. We have answered every question on the internet ever. About these yeah. new parts. We just have to wait. We'll see. We don't know, but uh, we do know Threadripper three thousand coming on the twenty fifth of November. So yeah, uh, twenty four core. Third gen Threadripper 3960X, um, November 25th, and then the 32 core 3970X, November 25th, and the 16 core 3950X, November 25th. So everybody line up at Micro Center now. That's yeah, going to be Thanksgiving. A busy what a Thanksgiving. November 25th. Yeah. <laughs>
Cool. Well, I'm going to take us out. You yeah, please. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and also please leave a review every time you do. They increase the thread count on uh, T-shirts at AMT. <laughs> Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. Our very special guest, Robert Halleck. Sayonara, everybody. Thanks for watching. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for being here. And thank uh, all of you for all your great questions. We will see you later. 